When you're hiring, it feels amazing to finally close out a job search. But what if you could get rid of the search and just match? You can with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. College Sports Now, Thursday edition. Alongside Mike Golick, I'm Stephen Hartzell. It's our weekly dose of three and out. Golick is... I mean, he's fresh off the road. I mean, you, you have opened your account, my friend. College football Saturday night is up and running. You got to see Houston and Texas Tech last Saturday. You get to go to Starkville this Saturday. You'll be having cowbells ringing in your ears for like 48 hours after you depart that stadium. I, I, I want to start here, though, Mike. I mean, you got a sneak peek at a future Big 12 matchup on Saturday, my friend. Texas Tech and Houston. I mean, that's the future. Yeah, so, so how about that? I mean, to... to... We started to get into that a little bit. I mean, and, and it's gonna—it's going to be a topic all year, all next year, all the year after, because in the different conferences, the the TV contracts end at different times. So we, we've chatted about this already. You know, teams and uh, teams in conferences and conferences as a whole are going to try and make moves right now. We've talked about this alliance between the Pac-12, the Big Ten, and the ACC, which. If you can explain it to me, then you're, you're you know, our gift to, to earth here because I have no idea what the relationship outside of they have each other's backs and they're friends, which means absolutely nothing to me. But the solid reports of, you know, the fact that Houston may end up in the Big 12, which is so wild because Dana Holgerson, when he first got to West Virginia in 2011, there were reports that year West Virginia was going to leave the Big East and go to the Big 12, and they did in 2013. So Dana's going through that again. Now, he's got a team to worry about. Uh, uh, they, got, they got handled pretty well in that one by Texas Tech after a great start by Houston. Texas Tech pretty much uh, took them out. Um, but they're going through that again now. 
And so is the Big 12 now going to kind of fight back on what happened and get teams and keep the Big 12? Is there going to be another conference that absorbs the Big 12? There, there is so much going on with that. But just as Dana Holgerson said, and any other coach of a team that's going to be talked about like this, it's like there's no sense in me talking about it with the team because there's A, there's nothing you can do, and B, you better get ready for your next opponent, especially early in the season where some crazy things can happen. Yeah, and we'll talk about some on-the-field football here. I, I think that, I mean, we bad loss from Houston, right? I mean, you're, you're up yeah, 21-7. You're kind of cruising. That's a game that you need to kick off your season, big non-conference game against an in-state rival, and you just kind of – just kind of stopped. I mean, Texas credit to Texas well, I, Tech, but that was a bad loss well, for the Cougs. I I have never. I wonder if you have. I've never seen a game in my life where the, at at two minutes and twenty seconds to go in the first quarter, Texas Tech had not touched the ball. Houston had run twenty two plays. Texas Tech had run no plays, and it was a, a two touchdown lead. And and Kate and I were going, oh boy. Okay, where's this one going to go? And then we saw where it went. We saw Texas Tech methodically just come back and take absolute control of that game. So tough start for them. How about a tough start for Washington? You know, losing to Montana. You had a few upsets there. How about, how about the fact we're watching Oklahoma hold off Tulane? That got Tulane tight. almost gets yeah, that. Uh, that fourth and 14. Fourth and 14, Tulane gets 12 and a half yards. If they had made that first down, they'd have kept the ball with uh, little time left in the game. Who knows what would have happened? But the most, I guess, consistent thing that I saw in week one was Alabama destroying an opponent, a Division I opponent, an FBS opponent, and then the next week they face an FCS opponent, and he starts ripping his team during the week like he did this week. There's no intensity. We're going to find out about this team. Can they get up for games? I mean, it is – now, coaches do this all the time. You get a big win – and, and a lot of times you sit and film, and as a player, you get yelled at, and you're like, oh, my God, did we lose this game? But it's just coaches not wanting you to get a big head. And sometimes when you lose a bad game, coaches go a little easier on you in, in the film room. But Nick Saban, man, he's – listen, he, he, he did this uh, – he's done this all the time. I mean, all of a sudden he questions the team's intensity, their practice habits, and you know if you're playing under him, you, you damn well better straighten up, you know, or you may not see the field. So these are all fun week one things where they had an easy game against Miami. Other teams struggled. My Irish, you know, go, have to go to overtime. But this is my thought on week one always is just get the win. Just get the win and move on. You know, that's all that matters and, st- and then try and fix things. That's college football in general, right? I mean, it, it style points don't really well, matter if you can get dubs. Well, well, it can matter later in the season because while style points are not supposed to matter to the committee when they start, you know, putting out their top twenty-five and really the the top four of the playoff teams. But that that's bull. Style points do matter, and coaches know it. That committee knows it. When you're watching those games, middle to later in the season in my opinion, style points start to matter. So if like later in the year, if like Notre Dame is, has one loss or whatever, and they play Florida state and Florida state's not doing very well, you know, if they have a losing record or something and Notre Dame just gets out of that one in overtime, that'll get held against them. It won't as much now in the beginning of the season, but later on for better teams, 
I definitely think style points do count. Again, they're not supposed to, but these are 13 human beings in that room, so I think they can be swayed by style. Did you think, Mike, that what you saw from Alabama in that annihilation of uh, of Miami on Saturday in Atlanta, I mean, are, are we back to another one of these Alabama versus the field discussions? Are they head and shoulders yes. better than everybody else you saw? Well, you know, I was asked one time, Alabama or the field before the season, and I think I said probably the field. And then somebody said, what if we had Clemson to the mix? Clemson in Alabama or the field? And I said, well, I'll probably take Clemson in Alabama. Well, that's already by the wayside. I mean, again, Clemson can still run through the ACC, and we'll see if they could still get in the playoffs. Look, look at us or me talking about that already one week in. But they got smoked pretty well. Uh, Georgia defense, now not Georgia's offense so much, Georgia's defense looked fantastic. Uh, I have them, uh, Kate and I have them next week when they host South Carolina. Uh, I'm anxious to look at that, especially at that defense they have. But that was a huge win for them. But yeah, I think even if you take Clemson out of that, how do you not look at what Alabama did? This is a team that lost 10 players to the NFL last year. This is a team that is not getting a bunch of super seniors like other teams are. We've talked about this as well, you know, where some players are coming back to play that fifth, sixth year because the COVID year didn't count. They get an extra year of eligibility. They don't do that at Alabama. They go to the NFL. They're not coming back for anything. So it's the next group steps up, and this is why their recruiting is so good. The next four-star or five-star steps up and fills the spot. Quincy Young hadn't taken a snap at quarterback. Look what he does. You know, that offensive line did some – now they did uh, – you know, they, they shift their right tackle to left tackle. Seems to be what they do with their best line. Evan Neal, I think, is the kid now at left tackle. What a stud he is. Uh, the defense, you know, was was stifling again. So while I, I don't look at them as the level of the team that was last year, but this was week one. Uh, let's see. And for Miami and all the Miami fans that were saying – we probably aren't going to win, but, man, if we can stay close, boy, we're going in the right direction. Well, how quickly did that go out the window? They just got stomped. Now you see, how do they, and I heard somebody use this phrase, how do you react in week two? How does Washington react in week two after losing to Montana? How does Miami react after getting stuffed in a locker by <laughs> Alabama, you know, to come back out, and how do they play in their second game? So seeing how t- teams react given their situation in week two is always interesting. Miami's got to play a tough, you know, a tough dog with App State coming to South Florida, yep. and that's a Saturday night affair that kicks off alongside your your game. You're going to be in Starkville for, for Mississippi State hosting NC State. We'll get to that in a little bit. Washington at Michigan is intriguing, though, Mike. Yeah. I mean, that, that's the ABC primetime affair. Obviously, Washington did not hold up their end of the bargain. They lost to an FCS team in Montana. Granted, a good FCS team. I mean, the Grizz yes. are a solid program, but still, I mean, th- there are folks in Seattle, Mike, who were saying this is one of the worst losses in program history. You've got Jimmy Lake, who's a second-year head coach. He's he's replacing a guy in Chris Peterson who, who took the Huskies to the promised land in the college football playoff not that long ago. What, what do you expect to see from the Huskies when they visit Ann Arbor, Big House, Saturday night? This is one of those games that I am so looking forward to because that, that's exactly the question. What do you expect? Michigan came off a game that started out close and they ended up rolling in, in week one, looking pretty good. Uh, and Washington, as, as you just mentioned, and we talked about, lose to an FCS team and now they go on the road to Michigan. So 
man, I mean, you want to test the character of a team and a coaching staff early on. That's what's going to happen. I don't think any other team more than Washington this week. In a Pac-12 that a lot of people considered, you know, have Oregon up there and maybe what SC can do, but you never know who can step up there. Horrible loss for them, but they get a chance to answer the bell and say, you know what, week one isn't who we are. Um, but I don't know. I, th- I thought Michigan looked pretty well as the game was going on. So I think obviously anybody is going to look ahead and, and look at, at Michigan and say, well, they're obviously going to be the favorite in this game given what happened. But is it as big as, as everybody would think? Or it can, will Washington will, – will they step up? I, I can't imagine what the week was. First, the embarrassment – uh, that was of losing to Montana. And you're right, Montana's a good team, and anything can happen on a field. That's what we always know. But there's no guy, no doubt those guys had their tail between their legs a little bit uh, on that one in kind of you know feeling a bit ashamed for how they played. So I, I have to imagine that it was a, a intense, intense work week in Washington this week. So I'd expect a much different team to come out in Michigan. I still think Michigan wins this game. I think Michigan, you know, consistently looked good in this one going into later in the game. So I'll take Michigan. I mean, I really, I think you almost have to based off what you saw in the first game. But yeah, and plus they're at home. I think that obviously helps. Uh, no Ronnie Bell for the Wolverines. He's out for the year. They're, they're leading wide right. receiver. That's he, a shame. He injured his, uh, I think it was an ankle or a lower leg. It did not look good. What a game. Uh, what a game he was having, right? That one-handed catch, but that didn't count, but still, you know, made every highlight uh, in the world. Obviously, his first touchdown as well. I mean, that was like you were watching it going, okay, here's the dude starting out. But this is football, man. This is football. You know, one play, everybody's praising you. The next play, you know, you're laying on the turf and you're done for the season. You know, and you can, you can never – you can never, you know, prognosticate it or anything like that. What a shame. I mean, that, that is a big-time shame to have a weapon like that down. Speaking of injuries, I, I want to get your thoughts on this one. It's a nooner. You'll be able to watch it before you have to enter the uh, the stadium there in Starkville. Ohio State hosting Oregon. All right, Kayvon Thibodeau left the game in week one. He, he got rolled up on by one of his teammates, yep. right? Some friendly fire. It, it, he was in a walking boot for the remainder of the game. Fresno State took him down to the wire. Oregon got the win. You give the Ducks any shot in the horseshoe on, on Saturday? I mean, let's assume Kayvon can give it a go, even on a gimpy ankle. I mean, you, you give the Ducks any shot? They're like a two-touchdown underdog in this one. No. No, I, I really don't. I, again, you know, that was a, one of those close games where I, I do say, all right, I got out of it. You got out of the game. That's cool. You move on. But Thibodeau, listen, even if he plays, there's no way he's 100%, and you're not sure how long he can go. You know, going on that ankle, the, the the freak athlete that he is, the way he turns a corner and the pressure and the torque he puts on that ankle. You know, so who knows if we'll even see him, right? So, I, I and even if you do, as I said, I'm not sure how much you can expect. I mean, what he was doing in the beginning of that game before he went out was, was really incredible. But I think Ohio State is going to be Ohio State. I think they're going to be right there at the end. C.J. Stroud, their their new quarterback, again, we talked about that last week. All four playoff teams had new quarterbacks in, C.J. Stroud being one of them. And he started out a little shaky. But, again, it was his first start. Um, so, uh, but, but he certainly gathered himself in the second half. He got his feet under him a little well. You know, got got his head on straight. You know, got shook off the okay. I've never you know started before or or, or been the leader of this team mode, and he took control in the second half. So uh, an excellent win for them, and 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 I I see Ohio State holding up with with, with that spread. 
Uh, Ohio State's offense is the real deal. I mean, yeah, even with the new are. quarterback. I mean, they've got elite wide receivers. they got a stable of tailbacks. But th- defensively, well, Mike, I, I mean, yeah, Minnesota's got some guys. But that, that Ohio State defense kind of picked up where they did a year ago, which is you know kind of underwhelming on that side of the football. So, so that's something to keep an eye on if you're talking about the elite teams in college football, Bama, Georgia. Yep. Can Ohio State's defense kind of keep up uh, with what their offense is bringing on that side of the field? Uh, Mike, you are heading to Starkville on Saturday night. College football Saturday night. Kate Scott, yourself, you got one game under your belt. Now, granted, I, I don't want to... You know, I don't want to diminish Houston and Texas Tech, but that was a neutral site game, Mike. Yes, I mean, it you're, was. You're yes. in an NFL stadium. Uh, you were going into the heart of SEC country on Saturday night, man. Have you ever been to Starkville, Davis Wade Stadium? Yes. Have you ever been? Yes, I, I, I have been there when I was calling games for ESPN. I was there a couple of times. Actually, when I was calling games for ESPN, I did a lot of SEC games. So I was down in SEC country an awful lot. Ate at a lot of Waffle Houses, which I was a big fan of. What's so your go-to order at Waffle House? Waffle House, I I, uh, I get one of the regular breakfasts, you know, with the eggs, the bacon, the, the all star. You get the, the all star special, okay. And but but I also get an extra waffle. I end up with two waffles, double waffles. Okay, yeah, I respect yeah. that. I and, respect and, that. And I usually get my my um, uh, my hash browns chunked and smothered. Uh, normally, that's the way I go. Uh, and I, I'm a big fan. Like I said, you can spend a decent amount of time on Waffle House, or you can be in and out in five minutes. So, uh, <laughs> big, big fan of, of that. And yeah, uh, uh, the cowbell. I've I've already, even though, you know, I haven't been down there in a while. I heard and saw enough of it in the NCAA World Series for college baseball. Oh yeah. Uh, my my Notre Dame Fighting Irish played Mississippi State in Mississippi State. You know, uh, to to move on in that, and Mississippi State won that series. But man. What, what a phenomenal atmosphere it was down there for the baseball. You know, and I know it is for the football because I've seen it, but for the baseball and the cowbells going on. So, oh, yeah, the windows will be open up in the press box. Got to go for that natural sound uh, of the of the cowbells. And, and looking forward to this one, and I would imagine Mike Leach is as well to try and get his team to come out and play a little better. They, they escaped by the skin of their teeth last week. Yeah, they beat, they beat Louisiana Tech by one. I, I think La Tech had it actually in plus territory late in the game. And uh, I think, is it Skip Holtz is the coach of Louisiana Tech? Some some questionable time yes. management there down the stretch. Uh, ended up settling for a longer field goal than right. maybe he could have, and it was blocked, and Mississippi State escaped with the win. Here's the story for me, Mike. You've got an ACC team in NC State on the road. Wolfpack are favored in this one. Devin Leary, I mean, he's a very, very good-looking quarterback. I don't think a lot of folks nationally know about Devin Leary, but this guy, if he can stay healthy, NC State's a dangerous team. Listen, a couple of guys over 100 yards. It's tough to get a gauge on this game because they just destroyed their opponent and a lot of people played, and the stats look great. But I'm, I'm with you on Devin Leary. On, on what he can do. You know, even last year, even though it was a shortened season, he had the second-best passing efficiency behind Phillip Rivers ever at the school. Now, it was, a, it was less games, but still, his efficiency was good. As I mentioned, you know, they had a, a, a couple of running backs over 100 yards, so the offense looked good. But for me, for me, a former defensive guy, I'm looking at Drake Thomas, Isaiah Moore, and Peyton Wilson, the three linebackers for North Carolina State – are absolute studs. This could be the best linebacking trio in the country 
in the country. So, and going up against this Mike Leach offense is always going to be fun to watch where they are just coming at you time and time again. And and listen, last week it didn't work out as well for them. I think 13 minutes ago in the game, they're down 20. Now, they showed their ability to be able to score quickly because that's what this offense can do. That's the way they run practices, fast and physical, and they can score quickly. But I'm really, really looking forward to this type of an offense against a North Carolina defense that was absolutely stifling. And, I, and, and I'm not saying this about the linebackers based off the first game. I'm saying it about what I've seen from these guys in the past. You know, that number one is given out uh, by coach there uh, to, the, to the special player on that team. And Isaiah Moore is a middle linebacker. This is the second year he's number one on that team and a captain again. This is a special group of linebackers and a very tough defense. So I think it's going to be an excellent matchup. For the uninitiated, Mike, Starkville's not the easiest place in the world nope. to get to. So uh, what, what are we doing? Are we flying into Memphis and running a car? Are we flying into Birmingham? What's the, what's, what's the deal here? So this is interesting. This is, uh, you know, my son, Mike, who is at ESPN and calling games, he and I, you know, we did the morning show together. Sure. We have call, we've called NFL, well, NFL. We've called college games together as well. This, time, this is the first time we're both doing the same game calling for different entities. So, obviously, me for Learfield and Mike for ESPN. Oh, nice. So, he's going to be down there. I'm flying. We, uh, Me and Kate will be in Memphis. So, we're driving from Memphis. It was two and a half hours. And Mike and his crew are going into to Birmingham. And that's where they're coming in. And I think that's a couple hours as well or in the area of. Uh, so, yeah, coming from two different spots. It is not. There are a few places that can be very, very difficult to get in and out of. And without question, without question, this is one of them. But great place, great tailgate, great college atmosphere. It's just the semantics of getting there and getting out of there that can be uh, tough sometimes. Well, I'm going to give you a I'm going to give you a tip here. I'm going to give you some insider information. I was in this part of the country in July. I had to go to Hoover, which is a suburb of Birmingham for SEC oh, media sure. days, okay? Great great the, high school, Hoover the, High School. There, great ball yeah, there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There there is a gas station chain. I'm not sure if you know about this. Are you familiar with Bucky's, Mike? I am not. Okay, but Bucky's, I'm writing it down as we speak. All right, it's Bucky's. B U double C double E. All right, Bucky's. Okay, wait a minute now. I okay, I wrote it down wrong. Then I wrote it down like you would normally spell Bucky. This no, is this not. Is, this has got a giant beaver head on it. Okay. Okay. Bucky's. Uh, I'm sorry, it's not double C's. It's just one C. So B U C double E. I okay. don't know if there's any between Memphis and Stark Vegas. Okay, but if there is one. You need to pull over. This place is, how do I describe it? Okay, it's a gas station, but it's supersized. Okay. I, it is the world's largest convenience store. So, yes, they sell gas, but inside of the Bucky's, it is, I mean, I, I don't, it's like Walmart, except it's, you know, it's it's for highwaymen. It's for wow. truckers. It's for travelers. And they've got, they've got a bakery, Mike. They've got a deli. They've got brisket sandwiches. All this stuff is happening in front of you, and it's clean. It's 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 well maintained. It's bright. It's shiny. So, it's new. So I think the plan when we get there um, Friday afternoon, we're going right to North Carolina State's hotel to talk to to Dave Dorn and Tim Beck and Tony Gibson, the head coach and the coordinators. And then from there, we're we're at a hotel that's like a half hour away. So I'd imagine in that ride going from st in Starkville to our hotel that we'll see one of these buckies. No, you can't so, miss it. And if you and if right. you if you get a chance, my friend, I mean it is it, it is an absolute must 
so pull is there over a, is there, and load up. Is there a go-to food in there? Is, uh, is there? I've had. I mean, yeah. I mean, the the there's uh they have these things. They're like these corn nuggets. I think they're called like beaver nuggets. But it's like glazed corn nuggets. I mean, these things are crack cocaine, Mike. I mean, you can't stop. I mean, they're they're in a bag. They sell them for like three bucks. It's a large bag. You can't go wrong. I mean, they bake all this stuff in-house. They make brisket sandwiches. They've got pulled pork, all this stuff. I mean, it's overwhelming. I'm just telling you. You know, people say about you know people talk about Wawa in the Northeast. Right? Oh yeah. Listen, when I was in when I was in Philly, the Wawa hoagie was the thing. Yeah. Okay. Well, I'm telling you right now, this place dunks on Wawa. I'm just telling you. It's really? A, it's, it's a Texas Oklahoma chain. It's making its way across the Southeast. There's a couple in Georgia. There's a couple in South Carolina. But you know, they they've started in Texas and Oklahoma and kind of worked their way east. So. I imagine that you will pass one or see signs for one when you're driving through the backcountry of Mississippi. Okay. And they are not a sponsor of this fine program. But I'm just telling you, uh, if you get the chance, man, because they're not going to be putting one of these in South Bend anytime soon, Mike. I was just going to ask. I mean, you know, like In-N-Out Burger is out west. I know I think they've got one in Texas, but I'm not sure how far east they'll actually come. So you always wonder about kind of the more localized franchises of just how far, how far they'll spread out knowing the circles that golic jr your son rolls in mike i bet he knows about bucky's all right oh I'm, i can't just, wait to ask him now that's uh, interesting I'm, I'm going out on a limb and 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 saying that he knows but uh if you get a chance uh you should definitely check it out bucky's all right i definitely that's, will that's spot. I, so i'm there speaking of food we'll, we'll close it on this note is Waffle House the go-to if you're in Starkville this weekend? I mean, what you know, I'm 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 curious in terms of like regional fare that you can't find in in your neck of the woods, Mike. You well, are in I, the heart of SEC country, so what's the play? I think we'll be some pole boys down there um, as well. I, I think that's going to be a play down there. Um, you know, usually for a breakfast, I, I'll Waffle House. Listen, I'll eat Waffle House any any meal of the day, but that'll probably be my breakfast go-to. Other than that, you know, I'll probably get to the stadium a little early. I want to start going out. I used to do this when I was calling games at ESPN. I used to get there early and go out into the tailgate section and see what was cooking out there. Yes. And obviously people would give me food, which is, you know, the real reason I'm out there. Um, and, and so I'm looking forward to that, to see what the, the – the, the cuisine is out at Mississippi State for these games. Well, this is Kate's first trip to Starkville, right? She's a Pac-12 yes. gal. This has yes, to be her she, first this, trip. This will be an experience for Kate from <laughs> the area to the ambiance to the cowbells to the food. Yes, it will. Yeah. No, this will be fun. Uh, there are tons of ways to listen to this, by the way. Kate Scott, Mike goal at College Football Saturday Night. Over 100 terrestrial radio affiliates, including a bunch of major markets, New York, L.A., Chicago. They're all over the place. Sirius XM, Varsity app, it'll be streaming on there as well. I think I've covered just about all of it. I mean, well, it, see, it's here's a what I tell every coast to coast broadcast. Here's what I tell everybody to do. Follow Kate Scott. And it's very easy. She's at Kate Scott because every week she does this incredibly well. She puts out all the ways that you could listen to and watch because we have a we have a booth cam. So you can see us up in the booth cam. If last week you saw me, you saw me eating, I think, a chicken sandwich at one point, a cookie at one point, and, some, and pizza at one point. So uh, you'll, you'll get a bit of a show up there as well, especially when we start drinking up there. Uh, maybe. We'll see. Um, but so follow Kate Scott, at Kate Scott. She'll give you all the ways. And then what I do is I just quote tweet everything. So that way she does all the work, and then I just quote tweet it. That's what I've learned to do over my years. Yeah, smart man. Smart yeah. man. Mike, safe yep. travels to the Ville, okay? Have a good time. Appreciate it. Thanks. There you go. That's three and out with Mike Golick. We're back on Friday. Check us out at CSNowTweets. So long.